Welcome to episode three of The Voiceless, a true crime podcast. I'm Cheyenne. And I'm Ash. Okay, cool. So let's just uh, jump right into it. Um, Ashley is going to be doing this episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one is going to be one that people probably know about. Um, it's it's not super recent, but like it's happened in our lifetime. Yeah, I think. Um, so. Well, the only reason I know about it is because of Canadian true crime. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe people wouldn't know it. I don't <laughs> That's remember. That's true. I'm like everybody's gonna know this <laughs> one because we know about. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember hearing about this one in the news. Which what year did this take place? Um, hold on. I gotta grab my notes. I need to be more prepared for this. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Well, I mean, it might be okay for me. Maybe not for the listeners, but that's that's fine. If well, you guys don't like that, please let us know. Email us at... Uh, Voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, for suggestions or any kind of reviews that you feel we, uh, we should uh, take into consideration. Um, this happened in 97. Oh, okay. So, we were... That's six. why I didn't read about it in the news. <laughs> I wasn't reading the news in 1997. No. Um, yeah, before that, do you want to talk about our Patreon that we are now live on? Yeah, so just as uh, Ashley just said, we're live on Patreon now. We do have one patron so far. Thanks, Eric, for supporting us. Um, and I don't have it up right now, but we do have three tiers. Our first tier. Oh, perfect. Take do you it away. Read it or okay. uh, it's over there. <laughs> it's over there. Uh, yeah. So our first tier is uh, the tip jar, and that is two dollars a month. Um, so for that, you get early access to episodes, behind-the-scenes content, um, a shout-out, bonus episodes, and ad-free content once we have ads in our in our episodes, hopefully mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so second tier is the Basic Witches <laughs> um, at $7 per month. And that is bonus episodes, early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, um, behind-the-scenes content, Shout out, ad free content, work in progress updates, and uh, you get to pick a case. And then our final tier is uh, the OG Fanatics, and that is $20 a month. Um, so, with that, you get monthly AMAs, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, shout out, ad free content, um, work in progress updates. Pick a case exclusive content and also a monthly live chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with pick a case, I don't think we've really decided yet on whether or not we want to vote on them or if people will make suggestions and then we kind of like pick a hat kind of thing. But we're always open to suggestions. So, yeah, once that happens, you know, we'll actually um, take the time to review every single comment. Yeah, and so if you don't feel like going on to Patreon and searching us, we do have a link in our Instagram bio that you can click on, and it'll take you right there. Get yeah. all the good stuff. And we're the also Voiceless True Crime Podcast yes. on Instagram. Yes. Um, I have to sneeze. <laughs> I think I got it. Hold on. The following podcast episode contains graphic descriptions of violence and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Actually, I'm going to start recording now because, like, shooting the shit. Right, but, um, yeah, so, um, what's that again? Saanich. So, this takes place in Saanich, British Columbia. Yeah. Um, And they they were saying how, uh, like, ten murders in a 24-month period is high. Yeah, like, in the the episode um, of Crime Stories on Amazon that I watched about this case... They were saying, like, their average, their normal is, like, one murder every two years. But, like, when this was happening, they had, like, ten murders in 24 months, which was, like, really high. 
I'm like, wow, <laughs> that I... must be nice. Here in Winnipeg, we have like 10 murders a month. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hashtag uh, murder, murder capital. capital of Canada. I should actually, I'm going to Google that. Are we still or are we better now? Um, 2020. I know Thunder Bay has gotten pretty bad, so. Which I want to cover the stuff that goes on over there at some point, too. Um, looks like we are still the murder capital of Canada as of 2020, and, like, I mean, it makes sense that we're mm-hmm. one of the most dangerous cities, which is ridiculous, because, like, you know, everyone tells you we're the murder capital, meanwhile, there's me, like, in my early 20s getting drunk every Friday night, and then, like, walking home downtown, <laughs> just by myself at midnight, just, you know, I don't know. It's a miracle we all survived. <laughs> Just walking around downtown drunk like God couldn't touch me. <laughs> and now it's like, I will not take the bus after 7 o'clock. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not making a joke out of that because I think it's awesome. Um, that is dangerous. So don't do what I did. Yeah. Looking back now in retrospect, a lot of the things I did were dangerous. Like, I remember going to, like, Greece and stuff and then my, the the chaperone slash like tour person um always being concerned about me going off by myself and I'm like I'm cool I'm invincible and then like some weird guy started like hitting on me at uh like the uh the market and then I'm like oh this is why <laughs> it was about to be a taken situation yeah like bring a buddy don't be dumb like I was in my early 20s thinking I was untouchable I feel like most of us were dumb in our late teens, early Aww. 20s. Uh-huh. I mean, by 21, I had smartened up quite a bit, and, like, that's when I met Akash. And, like, yeah. But, yeah, like, 18, 19, especially because here, like, the drinking age is 18, not, like, the states where it's 21. So, like, <laughs> we do all our dumb shit while we're still in our teen years. <laughs> Yeah. And then you look back as an almost 30-year-old, and you're like, how did I not get kidnapped? Like, Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> like, I I just, you don't, you just don't get it until you're older, and you're thinking, like, while well, looking into cases for this podcast, and you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. could have died. <laughs> so my child is never leaving my house. <laughs> exactly. And you know you preach people just being safe and you know now if I went out by myself I'd most likely text somebody a picture so I'm like this is what I'm wearing this is what I look like just in case that weird guy who follows me around while I'm playing Pokemon Go just nabs me just like everyday upload on Instagram outfit of the day mm-hmm. <laughs> be like this is the day she went missing this is what she was wearing <laughs> you know part of me is like that's why I post selfies so much that's smart though like at least yeah cause like back in the day they'd be like we only have a picture of her from when she was 6 but she got abducted at 10 so or like you have people who like don't know what someone was wearing the last time they were seen and now like people can i mean it's you know it's a double edged sword people can stalk you on social media but also like it can trace your last movements i guess yeah. if you're my anybody if I ever go missing, they'd be like, I don't know, sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially and a hoodie. gray. Potentially gray. Probably black. Yeah. She doesn't wear color very often. Knowing her. It's like, oh my goodness. Like Cheyenne was probably wearing <laughs> leggings. Glitter. Cheyenne was probably wearing leggings and a baggy shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that was also super adorable. That is my aesthetic. Sometimes I want to dress fancier, but then I'm like, but I'm so comfortable wearing what I am right now. Especially working from home most of the time now. I'm like, half the time I am working in my pajamas. <laughs> that PJ aesthetic. Yeah. PJ chic. I'm like, can we please just like keep this forever? I'm like, oh, I feel I more productive in comfy clothes versus like office clothes. Why are my I know, and then as soon as you, like, dress up in something that, like, isn't pajamas, you're just, like, She's in, your head, in your head, you're at the Met Gala. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, like, this morning, like, I haven't worn makeup in 
four days, which is a weird occurrence for me. And I'm not wearing makeup right now because I woke up at nine hugging my phone, just like continuously hitting snooze and being like, (laughs) I'm okay. She's not coming for a couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, because I've been at home, even like going out, I've been going out with like no makeup on. If I really feel like it, I'll throw on, like, my blue light glasses just so it hides my eyes a little bit. Well, and then, like, you're in mask society now, so a lot of the times, depending where you are, it really doesn't matter. Because if you're just going out and getting your groceries. But sometimes I just like wearing makeup because it makes me personally feel pretty. Yeah. Like, I, I feel, like, naked when I don't have makeup on. Like, I'm so used to it now. The same. And then, like, I just... My skin isn't great, which is probably because I wear makeup, like, all the fucking time. Well, and me, I have a <laughs> habit of just, like, picking at my face all the time oh. to the point where, like, if Ryan catches me, he will just be, like, he'll look at me and he'll ask me, are you picking at your face? And I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> and then he just kind of, like, helps me realize that it's not good because yeah. I pick at my face until it, like, bleeds and then I run the risk of scarring. But then sometimes I'm, like, I don't give a fuck. I'll just get micro-needling. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I've been trying to start taking better care of my skin because I'm, like, turning 30 this year. I'm like, this bitch needs Same. to get on, like, the skincare regimen. I've only ever, like, washed my face and then maybe moisturized here and there and then I wonder why my skin is so fucking dry all the time I know like I'm the same like my face has been so dry lately um now it's kind of oily so that's good that it's kind of you know healing but at the same time I'm like I need to find a skincare routine that works for me and I don't know yeah like I'm excited to get my order finally from the ordinary hopefully Canada Post doesn't lose this one um Because Eric gave me, like, tips and, like, a Mm -hmm. regimen to go through. So I'm excited to start that, especially now that I have, like, my LED wand thing, too, which is awesome. I used it once, and, like, I noticed a difference already. So, like, everybody should get one. They're, like, 30 bucks or something. (laughs) It might be on Amazon. I found it on Instagram. It's called Lux Skin. Like, L-U-X Skin. I'm not going to spell skin because everybody knows how to spell that. Everybody should know how to Is spell that a giant dick? Oh my god, it's a crochet dick pin. Like <laughs> oh my it. god, it moves. That's amazing. Move. I need this. Oh my god, Kate, I need to record this. Can Michaela crochet that for you? I. Oh fuck. Maybe I should see if my mother in law can, can do this because that'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh what did I see on Instagram the other day it was so funny there's so much stuff I've also like gone down spirals of just watching like TikTok videos on end for like hours at a time once Drake's like asleep I'm like this is a dangerous hole I'm getting into (laughs) but then I'm like trying to find ideas for like our podcast TikTok because I'm like I I don't still fully understand what tiktok is i know i kind of want to make like really funny videos for tiktok just for you know people who get really bummed out about our subject matter and then just need a little pick-me-up but still want to like hang out with us yeah so we kind of want to make tiktok to be more more fun probably because yeah like that one I sent you where it was the two friends and one was like singing to the song and the other one like pops up out of the counter. And was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I would love to do that. Uh, I love the the ones where it's like the 90s hits and it's like recognizing <laughs> the songs and you like sing along to it. Or there's one it's like don't react challenge and they like play a bunch of songs that you're just like, oh, fuck. Like I want to <laughs> sing along to this, but it's like you're trying to hold out. That'd There's be... one couple that does, I watch their videos all the time. I don't know what their handle is, but it, they're super funny. Mm-hmm. And then that's the one where, well, on TikTok, I, we need to follow, uh, I need to figure out their name, um, but it's the one that does all the native anti Oh, videos. I follow them on TikTok. Let me see. Yeah, but the it. native anti videos are, so funny. they're hilarious. Like native anti works at the band office. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. Part six, Christ. Oh my god, what was that? Um, we have no idea. Questions? Oh, this one is like, 
um, part six of Canadians asking Americans questions. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got a lot of questions. <laughs> I think the person's name starts with like, I know there's initials or CL. Um, Lamoureux or? Uh, I like this guy too. He's from Winnipeg. Mikey Harris. Oh, nice. Yeah. I really love Notorious Cree on, ah. uh, on Instagram. Okay, it's a uh, Chalaison uh, Larue. That one, that's like super funny. You know she'd be getting everyone to act right. Oh my god, I love it. loose like her beadwork. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Um, did I show you the one where it was like, uh, I'm feeling ever sick, ma. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was like Spider Man with the tongue sticking out. This is one of my favorite accounts too. It's at her and me plus three. It's this uh, lesbian couple, and the one just like does all these bad pun jokes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like there was one she was like, uh, it was something along the lines of like, oh, uh, you you can be the. Or I'll be the six, you be the nine. And her <laughs> her wife goes, oh, I think we're both tens. And then she starts laughing. And oh. two seconds later, she's like, oh, I didn't get it at first. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, that's like couple goals right there. Like That's oh. fucking hilarious. Oh my gosh, we already have been doing this for like two hours. It's yeah. already quarter after one. That's fucking ridiculous. You got here at like 11. Yeah, I've been, yeah, two hours. Okay. Um, let's get into this. Yeah, so... Um, I gotta find my notes again. <laughs> for sure. This is when I'm like, I like having paper because then I know exactly where they are. Well, one day we're, we should get like a... Well, I have a cork board, but I use it for other things right now, but we should get one. And then just like pin the notes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or if anyone, um, well, Kate suggested something. I'll have to look back at my notes. I forget what she had suggested. But, I mean, once we get, once I get my iPad, then you can just send me the notes and then you can use it. I'll let you use my iPad. Yeah, I need to get, like, a tablet or something. I don't know. Probably a laptop so I can use it for school also. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay, let's get into this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this is the case of Rena Verk uh, from Saanich, British Columbia, which is a suburb of Victoria, BC. Um, yeah, so Rena Verk was born March 10th, 1983, in Saanich, British Columbia. Um, Rena came from a large extended family who had immigrated from India. They were described as a minority within a minority. Um, as they were Jehovah's Witnesses, while the surrounding South Asian community was predominantly Sikh. <clears throat> That's pretty interesting, actually, that they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, like her dad was Sikh, um, but her mom was a Jehovah's Witness, so he, or, yeah, so he, like, um... Was, Did he have to convert? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, converted oh, okay. to Jehovah's Witness... Ism. Ism, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so Rena rebelled against her parents' strict rules. I mean, like, as most teenagers do. Yes. Um, she had run away from home a few times in the past and had been placed in foster care and later a group home. Um, that was what she wanted because the girls that she was trying to be friends with um, – were in like group homes and so she thought that's what she wanted that was like the life of not having parents that care about you yeah like I know okay I know this is off topic and stuff but like there was an episode of South Park like that where Cartman lied and said like his mom had like a meth lab or something and then he was put in foster care because he thought he could choose where he got to go so he's like let's go to Hawaii Jesus Christ. and then he, that, that didn't happen <laughs> so I remember my parents told me when I was in elementary school I was such a little shit 
Um, but I don't know why, but apparently I would tell my teachers that my parents beat me. Oh my God. <laughs> but they never believed me because there was no like bruises or anything because nothing was actually oh, happening. I was just kids. being a little shit. Well, see, and that's why like kids are kind of like, that's why like I totally get you have to take what kids say with a grain of salt. But oh, also yeah. like, I mean, you have to be specifically trained to like notice actual, um, like when to take accusations seriously and then also like I've just I've gone on like a huge reddit binge where someone's like what was something your kid said and you were just like oh wait what the hell and then like you you know like like kids just say shit and it sounds bad and then you're like no actually this is what they meant yeah (laughs) like that one drawing where it's like my mom it looks like the mom's dancing yeah um on a pole and people throw money at her but it was like she was a cleaning lady <laughs> it was like her holding a broom yeah <laughs> i hit my microphone so i hope that didn't transfer too loudly but anyway sorry i like knocked you off your uh your explanation there continue please um, yeah, so according to friends, um, Rena was self-conscious about her weight and struggled with self-esteem. Like, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> I still have days like that. Which uh, is shitty, because, like, I feel like, especially, like, you know, like, females, well, like, a lot of people who are born female mm-hmm. struggle with it, because, like, you know, society, and then specifically, like, some... Society hates women. <laughs> yeah, and then specifically, like, some families specifically just, like... I don't know, just the way some people are raised, it just, it just continues, and then it's like your body is this huge issue for a lot of people, and then you, so you just grow up kind of thinking that you're only worth what you look like, Yeah. but you're not. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, in late 1997, she was accused by some teenagers of spreading rumors but another girl and trying to steal her boyfriend. So, you know, like, basic high school shit. Oh, my God. Um, according to a... steal uh, a boyfriend. <laughs> I just can't. According to a Vice article, um, one day she took... Oh, wait. Hold on. I should go back and I should say who's all in here because that quote's not going to make sense if I don't <laughs> say that. Um, yeah, so there are quite a few names in here because um, there's a lot of people involved um and they're all 16 or younger so which is we'll just let that sink in for a second ridiculous um a lot of them because of their age their identities were protected but it has come out um with their names recently so there's nicole cook nicole patterson um missy grace pleich Fletch, I don't know how to say her name, mm-hmm. Courtney Keith, um, Gail Ooms, and then Kelly Ellard, who later changed her name to Carrie Sim, but I'm going to be referring to her as Kelly the entire time, because I don't care about what she wants, mm-hmm. um, and then Warren Glowatsky, I don't know okay. if I said that right either, um, yeah, so in late 1997, um, some teenagers were accusing her of spreading rumors and trying to steal Nicole Cook's boyfriend. Um, according to the Vice article, one day she took Nicole's notebook and called some boys in it, telling them Nicole wasn't as beautiful as she thought, uh, that she had AIDS, and that her eyebrows were fake. <laughs> it's like, my eyebrows are fake. What the fuck? I don't know. That whole quote, I'm like... Like, I'm not saying the quote is fake, but, like, goes what they said. Who someone and is like, you have AIDS, first of all, like... You're 14, 15, 16, like... And, like, having AIDS isn't a fucking bad thing. It's just, like, having any other illness. Like, yeah. come on. I just love... And her eyebrows were fake. And her eyebrows were fake. It's like, fuck you and your eyebrows. <laughs> we watched Where the Millers last night. That got me thinking about it. <laughs> Oh like, my god, what you gonna do about it, eyebrows? <laughs> Fucking love Scotty P. You um, do you, Scotty P. <laughs> uh, Rena was described as a girl who was desperate for acceptance among her peers, um, but was taunted and ostracized by these girls who later attacked and murdered her. 
Um, not fucking cool. No. Obviously, we're not, you know, <laughs> pro-bullying or murder. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I was bullied through school, so fuck <sighs> all of you people. Um, the crime horrified Canadians and attracted international media attention because of the brutality of the killing, as well as the as the young age of Rena and those who attacked her. Um, it prompted a national conversation about teenage bullying and racism, led in part by Rena's parents, who became anti-bullying campaigners in the wake of their daughter's murder. Hmm. Um, so on the evening of Friday, November 14th, 1997, Rena was invited to a, quote, party <laughs> by her friends, uh, air quotes, <laughs> Uh, near the Craig Flower Bridge in Saanich. Um, while at the bridge, it is said that the teenagers drank alcohol and smoked weed um, as Rena stood within the group. Um, the Shoreline Six, as they were later referred to, um, swarmed around Rena at this so called party. Um, and I put dot 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 near a bridge. <laughs> Which, like, oh, I should show you the picture of this bridge. It is not something you would want to party at. Are you putting it on Instagram? Yes. Um, um what else was I gonna say? Uh I actually found like a makeshift uh bong by the bridge, um, by the Provence Bridge a couple like back in the summer. It was like I think it was out of a Gatorade bottle or something, which I'm just like that's a little more high tech than the ones I have seen in the past that were made from like either toilet paper rolls or Pepsi cans. I feel like the plastic can't be a good idea, though. No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. People make lungs out of, like, garbage bags and... True. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I need to look up an actual, like, lung because I've only ever seen, like... The, a smoker's uh, lung? <laughs> <laughs> that they show you to, like, horrify you oh with? Oh my god, yes. Um, Go on. Witnesses said that one of the girls, um, which was Nicole Cook, from what I read, um, put out a smoke on Rena's forehead. And that while seven... Which, who even fucking thinks to do that shit? Like, if you think about putting out a cigarette on anybody, like... I don't know. I just don't understand how that crosses anybody's mind. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably has something to do with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, a good chance. Yeah, so witnesses said that one of the girls put out a smoke on Rena's forehead and that while seven or eight others stood by and watched, uh, Rena was repeatedly hit, punched, and kicked. Um, she was found to have several cigarette burns on her skin and it, it was apparent that there were attempts to light her hair on fire. Jesus Christ. Which I did that once to a friend, but it was completely by accident. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I accidentally, like, I remember when I was a kid, I accidentally burned some of my hair on a burner that was left on that I was, I was reaching over it to turn off and some of my hair got singed. Mm -hmm. Like, burnt hair fucking stinks. Oh, it does. Yeah. It is disgusting. Yeah. It smells like just, <clears throat> I don't know, like farts and... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, sewage and, I don't know, just, it's not good. No. Um, so the first beating stopped after one of the girls present told the others to stop. Um, while being beaten, Rena cried out, I'm sorry. This never even should have begun. This is fucking stupid. No. Like, there was a bunch of people standing around. They did nothing about it, so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rena managed to walk away, but was followed by Kelly and Warren. Um, the pair dragged Rena to the other side of the bridge, made her remove her shoes and jacket, and beat her a second time, um, punching and smashing her head against a tree, where she was then dragged unconscious into the gorge waterway and drowned. Jesus. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, Kelly denies allegedly holding Rena's head underwater. Quote, she was unconscious at the time. There was no point. End quote. I mean, obviously, she's going to pretend like she didn't do shit. Oh, exactly. she doesn't want to get in trouble, but, like, fuck you, Kelly. Exactly. Um, bitch. But would later on at her parole hearing on November 30th, 2017, admit to rolling her beaten, unconscious body into the water. The Crime Stories episode I watched, um, which, like, I understand it's, like, 
dramatized or whatever, but they, they said in there that, um, Kelly had rolled her body into the water and then like put her foot on her head and then lit and smoked an entire smoke and then moved her foot. So that's what, I don't smoke, but like, that's what, a couple minutes like, at least. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it's not a fast thing. Like yeah. it's, I don't know. Um, it's like five minutes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I do not have a. Try it out, but people take smoke breaks at work for like five minutes or so. Yeah, not fair to like the non-smokers that don't get smoke breaks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to pick up smoking just so I get those extra five-minute breaks here and there? No doubt. <laughs> um. Despite an alleged pact to quote not rat each other out. <laughs> By the following Monday, rumors were spreading about the alleged murder throughout Shoreline Middle School. Um, Rena Burke was a student at the uh, Christ at the nearby Colquitts Middle School. I probably said that wrong. Can you see it? Yeah. What is it? It's like right there. C O L Q I Colquitts. Yeah, that. I mean, that, that sounds right. What is this? If someone knows how to pronounce that and would like to let us know, please just give us, send us a DM on Instagram or email us. Yeah. Here you go. 119 new COVID cases in Manitoba. Today? today. Uh, <laughs> That's what popped up on my phone. I'm like, oh. Um, yeah, wear a mask, wash your hands. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Several uninvolved students and teachers know. heard these rumors, but did not bring anything forward to the police. So, like, fuck all you guys too. Which, like, uh, especially you, teachers. Like, well, and if you're noticing, like, oh, hey, they're talking about this girl that we also haven't seen in a couple days. Like, well, I think this was at a different school. Oh, like okay. a nearby school. But, but then, but, still, like, still, like, if you're if your students are talking about things like that, you'd think that that sets off alarm bells for you to, like, you know, kind of dig deeper because. I don't know. Like, like that's a red flag. <laughs> like I would want to know if my kid was talking. Like I don't have oh, kids, no. but like if someone was saying, "Oh, hey, so your kid is involved in some kind of assault," I'd be like, "So people are saying this. Can we maybe like chat about this for Can a second? Can we look into this a bit more?" Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So. <clears throat> Nobody came forward with anything to the police. Uh, these rumors were confirmed eight days later on November 22nd when police using a helicopter found Rena's partially clothed body washed ashore at the uh, Gorge Inlet, which is a major waterway on Vancouver Island. Um, so I have a little snippet from the coroner's report. Um, it does get pretty bad, I guess, um, depending on your tolerance for this kind of stuff for sure so if you get a little bit um what is it queasy. Like, yeah if you get a little queasy for um during like graphic descriptions um you can probably just skip ahead about 30 seconds mm, like 15 15 15 it, seconds it's, it's not a lot mm -hmm. okay um yeah so according according to the coroner's report um multiple blows sustained in the abdominal area um, a crush convulsion injury, as often seen in car crash victims. Extensive bruising under the skin of her face. Um, a bruise in the shape of a sneaker print on the back of the brain. Oh my god, um, what? Yeah. So that would be from Kelly, like, stepping on her head uh, in god. the water. Um, in Virk's lungs, uh, she found 18 pebbles. The presence of so many small stones led to her conclusion that Rena had been alive when she was in the water. Um, death by drowning was the official cause of death. Oh my god. Um, and again, Rena Verk was only 14 years old. Jesus. So now on to the people that were involved. Like the main, I only have notes on like the main three because I really didn't care about the other, what is it, four or five people? Yeah. Because there was, there were, like, there were seven people there, right? And I think two that um, were involved in the actual drowning, but most of them were involved in the beating. Yeah, the first beating, and then they, like, all fucked off to wherever. Which, um, I mean, they're all guilty regardless. Like, you yeah. know, once they left, they should have 
alerted somebody that like to what was going on if they were really concerned about it. Yeah. Um, so there's Warren Golotsky mm-hmm. and then Kelly Allard, who are like the main two. Um, so Warren uh, was convicted of Rena's murder and was sentenced to life in prison, which is great. Um, so on the night of Rena's murder, for unknown reasons, Warren involved himself in the fight and twice kicked Rena in the head. Um, when the beating ended, Warren and Kelly followed Verk as she left to go home. Um, according to Warren, Kelly smashed Rena's face into a tree, knocking her out. Um, with Warren's help, Kelly dragged Rena into the water where Kelly drowned her. Um, and, and she's claiming that like what she did wasn't enough to kill her. Is that what? Um, no, okay. she said like I don't know. Like she said she was unconscious, so there's no point in like drowning her. I don't know. Her story doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. Either she's way, she she's full of shit. <laughs> like fuck. Um, in June 1999, Warren was convicted of second-degree murder and given a life sentence. Good. Um, because he was 16 at the time of the murder, he was eligible for parole after serving seven years. Um, in November 2004, he was denied his first chance at day parole. Good. Um, Rena's parents did not contest the parole because Warren expressed remorse and responsibility for his part of the murder. Uh, in July 2006, he was granted unescorted temporary absences from jail. By December 2006, Warren was eligible to apply for day parole again, which he was granted in June 2007. Um, during his incarceration, Warren <laughs> Warren discovered that he is Métis. Um, this played a large role in parole. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> just like glanced at me. Like, the fuck? Okay. Um, yeah, this played a large role in parole hearings as he asked the parole board to incorporate his elders into the process and various healing circles and other forms of restorative justice were used, bringing Warren and Rena's parents together. In receiving day parole, he proceeded to hug every member of the parole board and those present, including the Burks. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> like, get out of here. I'm like, you can't pull that. Like, yeah. I'm like, I would like to see some, like, actual proof of this. Well, and, like, even then, like, I don't care. Like, you just found out. So, like, now you're like, oh, hey, I want this perk. That's like, I'm a born-again Christian. I believe in God. And it's like... That's just like anybody finding religion. That doesn't take away what you did beforehand. Well, and I don't understand how, like, or, like, why in jail specifically you discover religion. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It like, happens way more than... I don't know. I, I, I don't like thinking about um, people who are not sorry Yeah. getting into, like, having this kind of, you know, getting absolved of what they did. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Warren Golatsky was released on full parole in June 2010. <laughs> Um, yeah, so now Kelly Ellard, um, who goes by Carrie Marie Sim now, but I'm still referring to her as Kelly Ellard, because, like, fuck did, you. Did she change her name because of this? Like, is this um, why? Like, could she I think so. I didn't really her? see anything about why she just changed her name, but I'm assuming because she was a kid, like, she didn't want, I don't know. Okay. Which, like, I get, but also, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just hate that oh they're a kid I mean like you know as kids you still I feel like you still should be able to understand the full weight of your decisions yeah well Kelly and Warren were tried as adults because of the brutality of the murder yeah um which is why like when the trial was going on their names were out there where all the other ones were redacted mm-hmm. um, because of the youth justice act or whatever it's called mm-hmm um, yeah, so Kelly was born August 9th, 1982, and was 15 years old when um, her and Warren murdered Rena. Um, Kelly has stood trial three times for the murder and has been convicted twice. 
on June 12th, 2009, which I think is the day I graduated high school, um, the Globe and Mail reported that the Supreme, Supreme Court of Canada had overturned the judicial ruling of the BC Court of Appeals in an 8-1 to ruling. Kelly's third trial um, was judged to be fairly executed. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My phone just, like, had volume on. Sorry about that. Um... So there is evidence cited in a book about the case um, regarding <clears throat> Kelly's sociopathy and violence in middle school. Um, she said that um, she had claimed that, like, the fact that her dad wasn't around when she was growing up was, like, a source for her being an asshole. Hey, um, so, like, fun <laughs> fact, my dad wasn't around either. Um, in fact, I still believe he can eat shit. Um, but guess how many people I've killed and assaulted? Um, it's, it's zero. Just, um, just putting that out there. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason for the absence of her birth father in her life was never revealed, which, like, it doesn't matter. You're still a shit person. Yeah. Um. I know the difference between, you know, murdering and not murdering people. Yeah. I feel like most people do. Most people do. <laughs> uh, Kelly was initially convicted in March 2000 for second-degree murder in Rena's death. Um, after a jury found her guilty in 2000, I hate this, uh, Judge Nancy Morrison praised Kelly's, quote, overwhelming love of animals and handed down the lightest sentence possible, praising the convicted killer as young and intelligent and from a wonderful family that's fucking nasty yeah um in february 2003 which family are they talking about (laughs) the one with an absentee father yeah didn't she say i mean i don't know um uh in february 2003 this conviction was overturned and a new trial was ordered the second trial ended in a mistrial um, as the result of a hung jury in July 2004. Um, a third trial was ordered and Kelly was convicted again of second-degree murder in April 2005 and given an automatic life sentence with no parole eligibility for seven years. Damn. I love that she got convicted twice and the third time they're like, fuck you. <laughs> Eat shit. Uh, The Supreme Court ruled that her conviction stands because the error by the original trial judge was, quote, harmless. Um, Her day parole was expanded last summer um, to allow her to live away from a residential facility for up to five days each week. And the parole board is continuing that order for another six months. And that was reported in the Vancouver Sun um, January of this year. Oh, that's awesome. Is it, though? (laughs) Because <laughs> they expanded her Whoa. day parole. Nice shot. Oh. <laughs> We're going to edit that because... Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, so yeah, Nicole Cook, who, in case you forgot, is the one that put the cigarette, cigarette out on Rena's face. Uh-huh. Um, she was born 1983, um, lived in a group home at the time. Um... MSNBC had a documentary called Bloodlust Under the Bridge, which I'm like, every time I'm like, who comes up with these names? <laughs> um, Bloodlust Under the Bridge. Nicole spoke about how she took a, licks, a lit cigarette and put it out on Rena's face, initiating the mayhem that followed. Why do you just start, like, fucking who? I just want to I can know. guarantee whatever boyfriend you had in high school was not worth it. <laughs> Oh, this is the this is the one that had the boyfriend, right? Yeah, oh, that yeah. Rena was supposedly, allegedly trying to steal. So I'm like, she probably didn't want your boyfriend. No, like, she honestly probably said hi to him or something at one point, or, I don't know, maybe they even had the same fucking class, and she sat too close to him or something. Looked at him the wrong way. Or the like, right way. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicole further explained how she repeatedly punched and kicked Rena as she was being pummeled by the other individuals. 
At the end of the MSNBC interview, Nicole then criticized the accusation that she had anything to do with Rena's actual murder because Kelly was the participant charged for the murder. Um, veteran Dateline reporter Keith Morrison then asked, would the murder have ever happened if you hadn't started the fight by burning her face with your cigarette? And Nicole replied, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, Nicole also returned to the crime scene the day after the killing, accompanied by Missy, and retrieved Rena's shoes and sweater. They took these items back to their group home and forced another younger resident, referred to as Stephanie, to hide them in her closet. They also forced the same younger girl to make phone calls to Su to uh, Suman Verk, Rena's mother, while the search for Rena was still active. So, like, she's also a piece of shit. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Are they trying to use, like, a really shitty home life as an excuse for being pieces of shit? Because, like, there are so many people who come from, like, just all kinds of backgrounds of people who have shitty backgrounds, and it's, like, they don't, they don't do this. And then it also, like, I hate how the media sometimes portrays, like, the foster system as, like, you know, kind of creating these mm -hmm. monsters, because, like, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that there are, like, gaps and, you know, tons of room for improvement in our foster care system and everything like that but mm -hmm. it's just like to kind of I don't know put the two together and say there's like this overlap between like murderers and kids in foster care or whatever it's like you're painting fo the foster care system as is like Murder, I don't know. Yeah, like, factory. like, yeah, like, it's bad, but, I mean, you can't say that it constantly creates murderers bad. Yeah. Like, that's not true. Like, my mom was in foster care until my grandparents, like, adopted her, and yeah. she turned out just fine. And, I mean, there like, are, like, there are tons of different, like, behavioral and, like, emotional and mental um, scars based on, you know, being in the system and stuff and like having your parents leave you and whatnot and mm -hmm. just be like sh like shitty people but like for the most part people aren't out here like beating the shit out of other people and putting out cigarettes on their fucking face yeah uh, um rant over <laughs> <laughs> my last little bit um because this is a mini episode a mini episode yeah, kind of mini not wah, really wah. Like, 45 minutes. An hour with banter. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rena's parents were Suman and Manjeet Burke. Um, so, they channeled their grief over Rena's murder into a public awareness campaign against bullying and teenage violence. They successfully public... Or, Jesus. They successfully <laughs> pushed the British Columbia government to enact a series of anti-bullying programs in schools. They also spoke about bullying in public meetings attended by thousands of children, teachers, and law enforcement officials. Um, since then, bullying has become a national topic of conversation. In 2009, the Verks were honored with British Columbia's Anthony J. Holm Award of Distinction for their contributions to crime prevention and community safety. Oh, that's nice. Um, I don't have it here, but I do know that, like... Um, Rena's mom has since passed away. Oh. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, so the, there is a, a book, I think. I didn't actually write if this is a book or a movie, so thanks past me. Um, <laughs> Under the Bridge, uh, the true story of the murder of Rena Virk um, by Rebecca Godfrey, so I'm assuming it's a book. Mm -hmm. um, and then... There was a show on Amazon Prime. It's called Crime Stories. It was season eight, episode eight. Um, I can't remember the name of... It was like the schoolyard bullies or some something like that. The name okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll put all these in like, yeah. the show notes and everything. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up, but my phone's going really slow, so. Oh, yeah. Thanks, the, Samsung. The <laughs> Wi-Fi here is shit, though. Don't worry about it. It's not all you. There you go. 
Like, if I play this, is it going to start, like, making a bunch of noise? Uh, ah, episode eight, The Bully Kills is what oh, it's called. okay. Yeah. Perfect. And that is the story of Rena Burke. Awesome. Don't be dicks. <laughs> yeah, like, if you have kids, please look up how to help them deal with any kind of emotional or behavioral issues that they may encounter or, like, things like that. Just, I don't know. I mean, it should be pretty easy not to, like, to teach someone how not to put out a cigarette in someone's face and beat them to shit and then drown them. So, I don't know. If um, any parent out there, uh, other than Ashley here, knows of a book called, like, How to Teach Your Kids Not to Murder People. (laughs) How to teach your kid not to be a piece of shit. Yeah, it's... Um, But anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode three. Um, We do appreciate any feedback. So if you want to hit us up on Instagram at uh, the Voiceless True Crime Podcast, you can send us a direct message. We get those and we review all of them. Um, Twitter, we're at Voiceless True. Um, G... Or... Uh, yeah, Gmail is voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. You can send case suggestions, any sort of constructive criticism. Um, don't send any mean things our way. I yeah, mean, you can, but I'm not going to respond to it. So Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah so Patreon, thanks. Facebook, all under like the Voiceless True Crime Podcast. Yeah, if you have any other questions, uh, you can just, again, hit us up on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Bye.